This is the recap, a review of the day's news in the Tri-States area for Friday, January 12, 2024. With Tri-States Public Radio News, I'm Mike Murray. Western Illinois University was scheduled to begin its spring semester on Tuesday of next week, but the forecast of wintry weather and frigid temperatures has changed that. President Guiyu Huang says classes will now begin on Wednesday. In an email to the campus community, Huang says this will allow safe travel times for students returning to Western. The delay affects the Macomb and Quad Cities campuses as well as online classes. When it snows in Burlington, the city has 74 miles of roads to plow. Mayor John Billups says that can be a challenge. City crews were out overnight during the storm early this week to make sure ice did not set. They worked around the clock and then started preparing for the next storm. It takes a little time, but we have a very dedicated uh, staff and and crew, and and they're very hardworking trying to keep the city open. Billups says residents can help by not making unnecessary trips during a storm, and he says to take it slow if you do need to go out. The Episcopal Diocese of Iowa has received $1.2 million to work with small churches on managing shrinking congregations. The funding from the Lilly Endowment will establish the Regional Mission Initiative and has three staffers working with congregations on future planning and long-term leadership development. Over the past 30 years, membership in the Episcopal Church has declined by 36% across the country. The initiative will work with Iowa State University's Rural Shrink Smart initiative to get church members thinking about how they can help their towns maintain their quality of life while managing shrink. Iowa officials say there is a shortage of attorneys in the state. That's making it harder for some counties to hire prosecutors. And there is a critical shortage in smaller communities and in indigent defense work. From 2014 to 2022, the number of licensed lawyers who live and practice in Iowa has fallen by around 3.5%. It's been a year since a new federal measure meant to help struggling rural hospitals has been available. But as Iowa Public Radio's Natalie Krebs reports, no Iowa hospitals have received it yet. The Rural Emergency Hospital licensure designation allows struggling rural hospitals to end inpatient services and operate solely as an emergency room with outpatient care. Governor Kim Reynolds signed a law last March creating state regulations for the designation. George Pink is a researcher with the North Carolina Rural Health Research Program. He says many hospitals have struggled following the end of COVID-19-era government aid. Given that the significant financial challenges that most rural hospitals are returning to, uh, that it wouldn't surprise me at all if we continue to see hospitals at imminent risk of closure choosing to adopt this new model. According to the University of North Carolina, just 18 hospitals nationwide have received the designation so far. I'm Natalie Krebs, IPR News. Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker is promoting the state's economic achievements as the new year gets underway. Illinois Public Radio's Mawa Iqbal reports. Pritzker says the state has created a 1,000 new jobs in the electric vehicle sector last year thanks to the Reimagining Electric Vehicles program designed to beef up Illinois' EV infrastructure. He says Illinois' incentive programs attracted nearly $5 billion in private investments in 2023. 
Billions of dollars of private investments have come to our state. Uh, in the fiscal and economic progress that's recognized by the national and international business communities, we should take pride. In the choices that Illinois families and young people are making to move to Illinois. The REV program is part of the state's larger plan to completely phase out the use of carbon fuel by 2045. I'm Mawa Iqbal. In our feature for today, in late 2021, a coalition of some of the country's top pediatricians declared the youth mental health crisis a national emergency. Illinois Public Radio's Peter Medlin heard from families and care providers about how challenging it is for children to access the mental health support that they need. As a warning to listeners, this story talks about suicide. So if you or someone you know may be considering suicide, contact the National Suicide Prevention Hotline at 1-800-273-8255. Nah is 14 years old. She loves science and is a talented artist. She's creative and loves gaming. Over the past few years, she's also had a number of severe mental health challenges. She's been hospitalized and ultimately landed in an inpatient facility in another state, hundreds of miles from her home. Her mom, Brittany Cotton of Rockford, says that every step of the way, youth mental health services have been inconsistent, inadequate, or unavailable. This whole situation, with services being so difficult, the overall feeling is isolation. That is the hardest part of all of it, is feeling like you are the only one facing this alone. For many kids like Na, the first person to notice something is wrong is a teacher. Since the pandemic, the vast majority of public schools say they've seen an increase in students seeking mental health support. And schools have tried to step up in many ways. In Illinois, the state launched a hotline called Safe to Help that allows students to raise red flags about themselves or friends they're worried about. Students can take mental health days off from school, and many have used pandemic relief funding and secured federal grants to hire more counselors, social workers, and school psychologists. Genevieve Maltby is a school social worker at the Harlem School District in McChesney Park, and she says they've seen an increase in student need, but not an increase in staff to meet that need. So social workers like Maltby are forced to react to student incidents instead of proactively helping them before a major problem develops. It's a bit like triage and war. Because really, at the high school level, I don't have time to sit with a student for a lengthy amount of time. So it's really just about like getting in quick fixes. And that's not effective at all. Even with so many short-staffed, school-based support can be genuinely helpful. According to her mom, it was for Nah. Schools would sit down and try to talk to her, try to work through things. Often, didn't work that way. They had to get me involved. But they would take more time to check in on her than any of the services we were involved in. Back at Harlem, Maltby says one misconception that people have is that school social workers commonly provide one-on-one -on -one behavioral therapy to students. At Harlem, they don't, but they do partner with community organizations and agencies so they can refer students out for therapy. Sometimes therapists from those agencies even come in and provide treatment at the school. But as Maltby says, Not as many as I think we should. I think that's an area that we could definitely provide more services for. But that being said, when we do offer that, it fills up quickly and then we're short-staffed again because they don't have the people either. That's another crucial point. Even if kids are referred out for therapy, it might be a while before they actually see a therapist due to long wait lists. And if that child is in a mental health emergency and threatening their own life, 
advocates say that waiting can be very dangerous. Marshmallows Hope is a nonprofit in Rockford that provides youth mental health counseling and mentorship. Laura Kane is the founder and executive director, and she created Marshmallows Hope after her son Zachary died by suicide in 2018. The reason why Marshmallows Hope exists is because of the lack of services and the wait lists that other entities in the community were struggling with. Three years ago, the organization started as a mentorship program for kids struggling with mental health. But then a child they were mentoring attempted suicide, and they couldn't get them into therapy for months. We had a second child who attempted, and then they couldn't get him into services until June. So six months of a wait list, right? That child reattempted again. But at that point, I petitioned Winnebago County, and I was like, we need to do something. I need to hire a therapist. And Kane says those situations weren't outliers. It was six months wait on average to get them into therapy. And that's deadly. Those wait lists still exist, but groups in the Rockford area like Marshmallows Hope and the National Youth Advocate Program can provide immediate, short-term counseling while kids in crisis wait for long-term therapeutic options. Brittany Cotton says she wishes Marshmallows Hope had existed in early 2020 when Na needed help the most. At that point, they were caught up on wait lists, and then once they finally got a good therapist, staff turnover and inconsistent sessions made progress more difficult, especially as the pandemic was unfolding folding and COVID interrupted services. Kane says that the number of kids requiring mental health services has skyrocketed with the pandemic. They currently have nearly 170 children receiving services and 90% of those kids have attempted suicide. And she says that while the need has increased, the number of community support services has not. I'm Peter Medlin. We are currently under a winter weather advisory, which will remain in effect until 6 in the morning on Saturday. And for this weekend, there's a wind chill watch that remains in effect from Saturday evening through Tuesday morning. For our weather for today, we expect a wintry mix throughout the day, and then it should turn into just snow by mid-afternoon. Temperatures should settle to around 30 degrees this afternoon. For tonight, snow is likely mainly before 11 p.m. We expect widespread blowing snow overnight, and it should be cloudy with a low around 7 degrees. For TSPR News, I'm Mike Murray. Tri-State's Public Radio is part of the NPR Network.